welcome to Bold Thinking, Entrepreneurial Stories Honestly Told. In a world full of chaos, this is a podcast about the people making positive change in the world, using bold thinking to transform businesses and themselves. Today, I'm speaking to Mark Bell, designer and founder of Mr. Blackman's, an award-winning men's grooming brand built on the belief that all beards aren't equal. So welcome to Bold Thinking, Marks. Thank you for joining us today. So how are you in, in today's world? Yes, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm okay. Um, my fever is a little bit mental, but otherwise I'm good. Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, it's really good to talk to you. Um, we had a really good little little pre-chat last week and it's quite um, interesting what you've created. So talk to us a little bit, a bit about why you founded uh, Mr. Blackman's. A few years back, I had started to grow a beard. Um, I think that was the thing that people did. So I did the same. Um, and I was looking around like you do, trying to find the right product. And I had a friend, coincidentally, that he he worked with a with an existing beard brand. And he gave me quite a bit of stuff um to try. It didn't it didn't seem to work. It was a bit itchy and stuff. I just figured, oh, maybe that's just not the right thing for me. Um and then I was sat in the pub with my girlfriend, now wife, and um, we were having a chat about why are there no black guys on any of the advertising or with these beer brands. I actually said to my friend, why don't you do something about it? You've got this company, go, go ahead and do something. Put some black guys in your advertising, you know, make it a bit more diverse. Uh, he was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea, but nothing ever happened. Um, so we still had the same problem, and I decided to change that. Um, so I did a bit of research, and I realized what, uh, I worked out what ingredients you might need to um, for hair, and um, did some investigating, ran some experiments, and lo and behold, the next thing you know, you've got, uh, uh, I guess, a beard company. Mm, yeah. So who is Mr. Blackman? Is that a person that exists in the world? It's, it's funny because no one's actually ever asked that before. Nearly five years, and this is the first time someone's actually asked. So um, when growing up in Barbados, the, um, there was a, a man that I knew whose name wasn't Blackman. Um, I had to change that name for for numerous reasons so i tried to choose a name that was quite common in barbados and that people could kind of relate to i don't know what he did in his career i don't know but i remember my hair fever kicking off because he lived on a farm and there were plants and flowers blooming everywhere and he picked this leaf and crushed it down with a bit of water and he put it on the rash that i had and five minutes later, it was gone. And he'd have all this music on and all the people would be dancing. And he smoked a pipe and this real sort of traditional sort of old Barbados kind of vibe. Um, and he's the one that kind of inspired the name and some of the, some of the thinking. Um, it's just funny because his, although, although that's where it started, that's where, that's who inspired the persona the the actual persona varies from person to person um and we 
we let that just be what people want. I think by having that persona, it enables people to to project whatever they want that person to be, rather than us naturally projecting something. Like I think initially he was meant to be this really traditional person, um, really old school, a lot older, 70s almost. But um, over time, Mr. B has got a lot younger. Yeah. And um, so it allows for quite a lot of personalization, doesn't it, really, which uh, people to sort of identify themselves with it? Yeah, I think and I think that that's ultimately what we're trying to say with the brand. It's it's we want you to be happy with you. It's it's all about I, I hate this word, but wellness. Oh. <laughs> it's all about just being being happy with you and looking after yourself. And I think by making it slightly vague and open to interpretation it enables people to to kind of like i said project their feelings um onto onto that person and then take away the bits that that obviously work work for them i think there's a bit that's fascinating is there's a lot of people at the moment out there that want to set up their own businesses i'm regularly a bit of a, a dragon's den um watcher you see these people coming to the den with these brand new products and these great ideas from gym making to product brands to cosmetic brands or whatever and and i think the question i always sort of want to ask everybody individually is how do you have a great idea for a business and then actually produce a range of products, take it to market? If I'm, if, if a young person said to you, give me a bit of advice on how you've got to where you are today. I'd say, I'd say you need to, you need to love what, whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that there are people out there who are so headstrong and they just, they're very clear cut business people. Um, and they know how to not necessarily love something um, and, and still make it work. But most people aren't that person. Business is something that you have to kind of learn. And I guess that's the same, same for me. So I would say you need to love that thing. Um, you need a good idea, I guess, uh, whether, that, whether that's a gap in the market or something is improved or a strong message you, you need you need a good idea and and the reality is you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of knockbacks mm. from a lot of things and you just have to be a bit persistent I think deep down you will know whether or not you have something and there will be some people that will say actually you might be onto something and there will be a lot of people that that won't and I, I remember listening to um another podcast funnily enough by someone who founded uh, a men's grooming brand in America and he I think he basically said that you get these knockbacks because people don't want to take risks and I guess you have to be that person that wants to take the risk mm. <clears throat> and um, personally for me the fact that I loved the thing meant that I didn't care what anyone else thought. Mm -hmm. I didn't care whether mm -hmm. I, I wasn't setting out to start a successful business. I set out to solve a problem. Mm. Um, 
and it grew into a business. Yeah. So how did, I mean, how did you, do you, I mean, I'm just going to be really, you know, like someone like Joe Malone or Nita Roddick, they basically like, you know, stirred um, products and soaps and solutions and cooked them in their kitchen, stirred them in their baths. How, how did you actually start off the whole product innovation bit? Same way. Exactly did the same you? way. Wow, yeah. You go and buy some, some uh, you go to Robert Dias or Homebase <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> whatever company is going to sell um, your your kitchenware, and um, and you come back and you stand in front of the stove yeah. and and start playing around. The bit that the bit that was interesting for me were the scents, yeah. the, the actual smells. Yeah. Um, I, I think. I just found it fascinating that you could mix these different things and poof, you had the smell. And then for me, it was like, oh, this was reminiscent of of X or this is reminiscent of Y or this experience or. Yeah. And I I, I think even now I still enjoy that bit yeah. more than anything else. I just, I enjoy the scent making process, mm-hmm. which is really tricky when you've got hay fever because <laughs> <laughs> your smell is 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 shocking so you're still making it from home now or is it a bit more sort of um in, industrialized shall i say i'm not sure the right word it is industrialized but we're still very small scale um we we like to keep it small because it, it enables us to to make things in small batches which preserves the, the quality we certainly haven't scaled up uh, hugely or anything. Um, I think that that will hopefully come in time. At the moment, you've got men's grooming is expanding dramatically um, and you've got some great new product lines launching this year. Um, where do you see this category heading and where do you come up with these ideas, these new products? Um, I think, yeah, you, you're right. Men, men's grooming and men just looking after themselves has become a big thing. I think that coupled with um, men taking a bigger interest in their mental health, you've got a situation where men are, I guess, becoming more sensitive, mm. sensitive to themselves. Mm. Um, and so uh, I, I see it continuing to grow. Um, you'll still, you get more people enter the market. You will get more things available for men, much like you do um, in the women's market. Um, in terms of the products and how we come up with them, I think we just try to solve whatever problem people have at that time. So we listen very carefully to what people and, and customers say. We started with beard care because um, it was easy. I had a problem. I solved that problem. And I have to say, you've got an amazing beard. I am actually looking at a Zoom <laughs> camera here and it is absolutely brilliant. Please go online and, and check out the beard because it is brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> thanks um yeah so i think that that's where we started and by having a beard there's there's other problems you've got men that don't have them can't grow them you've got men that have um razor bumps and they want to try and prevent those things so we look at all these things that people are saying and then we go right okay well which problem can we yeah. try and solve next and you've won quite a lot of awards with this haven't you as well how do you sort of get into that um i, I can't even, I, 
honestly can't remember how we came across some of these things, but we did. And we just thought, well, we have nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, let's just enter and see what happens. Um, and I remember the first time that we sent some stuff off, your small brand, and they say, you've got to send off all of this stuff. And I'm looking at the box and I'm putting the tape over the box thinking, there's a lot of money in that box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, I'm thinking, okay, try not to think about it. Um, and you, you send it off. And I never expected to hear anything back. And the next thing you know, you wake up and you've got an email in your inbox basically saying you've won best beard oil. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, and, and I think we, we never set out to win. We just set out to see what people yeah. thought. Yeah. And, and I think that made us feel a bit like, Oh, well, maybe maybe we are. So something. what would you say is your best award so far? And I am leading up to a bigger question here. Then when you thought, oh, I'm really glad we've got that. Best Beard Oil was great. And being nominated for the shortlist stuff was, was quite cool as well. But weirdly enough, it was being runner-up for best shaving product with the cleansing brick. And I say that because... What I found out after I realized we didn't win was that we were actually second. And the people that won, I can't, I can't remember the name. I'd have to go back mm. and look at the list. But the company that won is this massive, huge conglomerate. That's my quote. That's where I'm leading. Because I, I looked at your awards and I thought, okay, well, there's some really cool GQ ones. I bet Unilever and places like that are looking in and going, okay, this little tiny brand made in his bath and on his stove, you know, we're coming up with some pretty impressive awards here. You're absolutely going for it. Well, I yeah, I mean, we're, we're trying to just, Again, we're just trying to solve problems and, and enjoy it along the way. Living in the UK, you don't have the sun and you don't have all the, 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 the home comforts that you have when you're back in Barbados. And, and I think being in the brand helps me do that. It helps me connect. It helps me experience a lot of the things that you, you wouldn't necessarily, partly because you're looking at uh, sunny beaches and trees and yeah. <laughs> things like that a lot. And and I think by not focusing on what other people are doing too much, don't get me wrong, you, you look at what other people are doing, by not concerning yourself with it too much, you can just focus on you yeah. and what you're doing and where you're going and where you're at and what you need to do next. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure some of these bigger brands are looking at uh, what we're doing I mean, I've seen them. I've seen the stats where you can see the who's like this picture or who's come from X place or who's bought this product uh, with this email address. And you're thinking, all right, okay. Yeah. Bit of market research. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I think that was a bit that was really impressive. I think a lot of people want to know how to set up a business from scratch. And, and I think what, we really liked about you was the passion behind the brand 
But also the fact that you are playing in the big league, you are in competition and, and winning awards and stuff like that for your brand because you've created a really strong brand personality, Mr. Blackman. So what do you think people want from brands today? I think they want them to be honest. Um, yeah, they want they want them to be honest and, and as transparent as they can because a lot of people just don't trust them. I mean, back in, like, when I was growing up, brands just had to look cool. They just had to have the slickest advertising and the the coolest people starring in the adverts. Now, people want something that they can relate to, something that, like I said, feels honest, something feels real. Mm. Um, And I guess that's what we try to do. Like, Like, when we post pictures on, say, Instagram, we don't always put pictures of people that are models. Mm. We put pictures of your ordinary guy. They're the, the guy that you will go, he will never be a model. But who cares? Mm. He's he's just another person and he deserves that recognition, that, that ability to just be. If you sort of like in 10 years time have an aspiration and you want to look back at where you've got and what would you what have you achieved and what legacy you're creating what would you want to achieve by that point what would make you really proud of where you're at and what you're doing um i guess i, I mean we try not to think too far ahead because things change quite rapidly but i guess if we thought that we had we were like the go-to brand for for men or that we had created uh, or helped to create more of an attitude of of being yourself and people felt more confident and that they could be themselves and that they looked after themselves and if 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 one person in the street went oh yeah i never bought mr blackman's products but i saw the I saw the the mottos and stuff like that, and I took that and I ran with it, and it helped me have this positive mental attitude about myself. I'd be happy with that. Mm. I'd be happy with that. Um, I think. I think that for me is is, is probably the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, and it, and it's interesting, you know, your uh, your strapline all. Beards aren't equal is a really strong statement around that, isn't it? It's you can't treat us all like a, a mass. We're all quite unique in our own outlook and personality. And tell us a little bit about your all beards aren't equal strapline. Yeah. So when we started, obviously, like I said, there was no, the, the, I couldn't find, I think apart from one company in America, I couldn't find anything that was designed for men with curly hair, not one. And you've got amazing curly hair, I have to say. It is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here in awe of the hair and the beard. I think the general attitude was like, oh, well, you can use this. You can just probably just use what they have. And I'm thinking, well, I use what you had and it didn't work. So we had this strap line and I guess from, it's like a punk attitude. It's just like, that that that's how that's how we're going to position this. We're gonna we're gonna go out there and we're gonna say what we're gonna say, and we're gonna bust the myths that people have about some of the industry, 
that that you must have a different product for every single thing mm. and the same thing with with all beards aren't equal was there are other men out here too mm. and they need they need to be seen mm. and no we don't all have the same beard so we're gonna make stuff for for men that have curly hair and 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 put it out there so you know for the future how optimistic are you um and how sort of do you think it what do you think it's going to take for a brand to thrive um tricky times at the minute i think i think that um like i said brands need to be honest and transparent but i think they need to be adaptable and quite flexible because it's it's difficult for it, it especially in a in a changing climate when you become too large it's difficult to flex to to change to make changes to to how people perceive stuff like at the minute i see some of the bigger brands trying to inject culture into into mm. these cultureless brands mm. and i i just smile mm. and laugh at it because i call it well that's, that's, that's just quite funny um because people people now especially the younger people they like independence and they like people that they can relate to and they like small and they like shopping from small places that support mm. a more circular economy and i think if you're if you can do that on a massive scale then then big up to you but it's hard mm. and and i think that is probably what people brands and, and businesses need mm. to be able to flex and you know what that's probably a lot of times why people like i don't, you know i don't know i've listened to an amazing talk with joe malone um they do to expand and to get that global reach they do dilute their shares or they sell out to to get that message more globally i mean would you ever consider that i selling the brand is all it's is always a possibility i mean it 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 you could say oh well you sold out or what have you but what people need to also remember is when you start something you start it for a particular reason and that might be like in my case i saw i started to solve a problem and then i went on and went oh actually i quite enjoy mucking around with the different smells and and that's that's where my passion even now is but as the business grows you start having to take on a lot of other things that are required to make a business grow or even just to sustain itself that aren't necessarily fun i don't want to manage people mm. i don't want to ma managing like freelancers and contractors that we pull in from time to time is hard enough having to manage a ton of staff would mean that i don't get to do any of the fun mm. stuff that i kind of want to do mm. and so at, at that point you have to make a choice you can either sell some some shares and other people can come in and do some of those bits and things will be diluted down a little bit or you can close shop and it will just disappear mm. 
and that will possibly make people unhappy. So it's it's a tricky one, really. Mm. I think for me, I try not to think too far ahead, and I think of now and just enjoying mm. what I'm doing. True. At the same time, we're young and we're we're just about to hit five, and I kind of think if someone decided to uproot the the brand core values mm. then i probably wouldn't want to work with yeah. you because that that just doesn't work at this point um no i mean i think, I think it's fascinating it's hard i think we spoke to many entrepreneurs and business owners and big brands over the years and i think the thing that's really hard is that helps or is pretty important in a business's growth there's only one way to go really and it's either incremental or big growth but it's hard like you said to just go I'm going to slow down or shut the doors it's it's almost impossible I think people would be really upset as well when we started when we started and you did this 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 thing I always thought if I shut if if I shut shop now no one would know but if I did that right now people would know and I think that's where you start realizing you've got a thing that people, re- yeah, yeah, people rely on that. People, people know it exists. Yeah. Do you know? I think I think you've got a really lovely brand, and like here, and I think there's some great lessons here for entrepreneurs that are thinking about setting up their businesses or giving it a go, and like you said, mixing in the kitchen and doing something they're really passionate about. And I think a, a brand like yours that you've created also has a strong story in that you can go up against the big brands, win those amazing awards and be recognised for what you do. And I think it's it's a really great achievement. It's really impressive and I absolutely love Thanks. the brand. And I actually love the design. So anyone that's listening to this, go and look at the website as well, because I think it's super cool. I love it. So thanks today for joining us, Mark, and uh, thank you for listening to Bold Thinking, entrepreneurial stories honestly told. If this episode has got you thinking, which I'm sure it has, share your comments on LinkedIn, Twitter or Instagram, or you can contact us at hello at thehonestbrand.com. Join me next time to hear from someone else who's making positive change in the world. And it's brilliant talking to you today, Mark. Thank you. Thank you.